Welcome back to a Rocky Star Podcast. I'm Brian Argotts. On a Rocky Star Podcast, I bring on guests from all around sports to talk about their journey to sports. Today is going to be a fun one. I have on the sports reporter over at KTLA, and he is the play-by-play announcer for the Los Angeles Sparks here in LA. His name is Rashawn Haylock. This guy is a LA native and he has spent his whole career here in LA. Really fun interview and uh, we dive into a lot of Lakers talk, Dodgers, we get into everything LA. Uh, you guys need to tune in to this one and please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Rashawn Haylock. What what is that commute like for you now? Like uh, from uh, Carson to uh, downtown? Like like getting to Dodger Stadium or something like that. (laughs) So it it could take, I mean, if you're talking about like one of those Friday Dodger games, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, it could take 45 to an hour probably, um, just depending. There's been some days like I've had to get off and kind of take some of the back streets through downtown or whatever. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, cut through Koreatown. Yeah, so it, it can it, it can take a little bit. Um, it's you get kind of full during the summertime because you know school is out. Um, but then once you know fall kicks back in, everybody's back on the freeways and, and everything. So it's it's a uh, yeah, it's. It can be I like, know this this last few weeks trying to drive to downtown from Glendale, it's uh picked up from like fifteen minutes to like thirty. It's like double <laughs> Do- Dodger games. Just forget about it. It's not oh, yeah. not gonna happen. <laughs> where where uh when you where did you uh, grow up in? Uh, what was like your first like team that you fell in love with in here in LA? Oh man! So for me, it was it was the Lakers. It was, it, but it was before they were before any player. Yeah. It was Chick, it was Chick Hearn. Okay. And so the late great Chick Hearn. So I would I would literally like I would I'd hear his voice and I'd park right in front of the TV. <laughs> And just listen and just soak stuff up and then you know and then that and i would learn that's how i would learn that's how i learned the game of basketball that's how i learned different players and you know i would just hear him talk and, and so then it became this thing where like my family would quiz me you know we'd go out places or like i'd be with my dad he'll be with some of his friends and he'll just kind of like parade me off and be like you know what what jersey number is magic johnson or <laughs> what, what where did ac green go to school and i can just answer all these questions like it just came natural to me I, I didn't even know you know what this it was just a drill right like i had no idea like what, what it was about or if it was like special or anything like that like i was like five years old just able to recite all this stuff um and so it was chick i fell in love with chick and then falling in love with chick you know, I ended up falling in love with, with the Lakers. And it was, my, my pops always kind of taught me the root for the hometown teams. I was always, there was never much division. There didn't become division really until I got older, right? So like growing up, it was it was Lakers Clippers. It was Dodgers Angels. It was SC UCLA. Like, you know, like it was, it was, I was like the weird kid that, you know, had like, that like both. <laughs> yeah, you know what, man? I never, I, I, I know I was like always like for UC, USC or UCLA. I'm like, oh, you know, I want one of them to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still that way too. And then I mean, especially now, like it's good for business, right? So, all right, (laughs) no, totally. Whoa, light just went out. Yeah, your lights went out. (laughs) What in the world? The your internet's still good though. Yeah, internet's still good. All right, here we go. Uh, Now we're back. All right. So 
so yeah, you know, gr growing up a Laker fan, your favorite player. I mean, is that uh, I'm gonna assume Magic Johnson. Or Ma Magic was my guy growing okay. up, but then you get older, and then there there was just like this bond, this attachment to Kobe for not just me, like a lot of my friends. Like I, I guess it was the he was he was so close in age to us, right? Like we yeah. felt like, you know, he was, he was similar in age to us. So like, I mean, we weren't, we weren't that close. We weren't, you know, like extremely close, but it was, you know, I mean, you talk about Kobe, like, I mean, it was it's just kind of watching him grow up, right. Watching him go through like the growing pains, the air balls, you know, all that stuff. And then becoming a champion, you know, and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, it was, it was originally, I mean, it's still magic, but you know, Kobe's, right there I, I don't know man i see some kobe photos behind you i got i got magic up there oh, okay, okay. there's there's wilt there's magic there's they're, they're all on there up, up okay. top yeah but okay, okay. kobe's is more more prominent um i mean it's, <laughs> this is a, this, this one's a gift from my wife and then it was all-star weekend here in la i forget which year it was um but we were down at the uh convention center and I saw this one and it was, I mean, it's Kobe and, and, and Mike, right. I'm like, oh, I got to get this. And so, <laughs> and so I, I just, you know, just had it, uh, yeah. you know, I was like, man, it's, it's, and it's, and it, but magic's right there though. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, it's wild. Up against Jordan. Right? Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. got, you got Kobe here and Mike and then magic's right here sitting baseline you know just taking it all in and that's at the old at the old form where they were playing so i was like man this picture is iconic <laughs> i couldn't uh, i couldn't pass it up i i have a question for you who is the most popular laker in your opinion out of kobe and magic i know that's a, it's a it's, tough yeah, one i think it's like a generational thing right um totally, totally. i think maybe an older crowd is probably magic for a younger crowd I mean, it's probably Kobe, but I, I think Magic is so. I, you know, it's probably got to be Kobe. It's probably got to be because I think Kobe is. He was a global. Um, yeah. He was a global icon, right? Even more so, even more so than Magic, I would say. Um, so I would probably have to go with Kobe. Okay. Okay. If you're talking you, about just you, a world stage. If you're talking about here in LA, uh, it's it's probably a coin flip, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that, and that, that's why, man. Here in LA, like, I think I was I was talking to this guy last week. I was at Dodger Stadium. I was like, you know, this guy came by. And he, we were just talking uh, Lakers basketball, and I was like, uh, he he asked me. Uh, he was like, oh, you know, Magic probably the most popular. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I think Kobe's pretty there. And I'm like, he was. I was like, he was like, who do you think meant more to the city? And I was like, he, he and I were just kind of going back and forth. I was like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's nah, like, it's quite, I mean, it's quite the debate. I mean, if you think about, it, I know the running joke for a long time was. Magic could probably run for mayor, right, and win, and and I don't know that that's still not true, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I but I think I think this I think the the difference is I don't know. It's so it's so strange because they they both kind of have like similar tricks, right? Like like Magic got here at nineteen, right? Kobe got here at seventeen, right? Yeah. And um, so the city got the city wrapped their arms around both of them and got to see them them grow up and mature to go from these teenagers to these full-on adult men with you know wives and children and, and things of that nature um so it's it's very interesting i think just just with the way the like magic's partly responsible for the nba getting to a certain point right but yeah. then kobe's a part of that 
you know, globalization in which it's just kind of gone next level. So it's the, the parallels are are incredible. Um, but I, I think for here in L.A., I mean, you it, it may just be one of those like generational type things like, you know, older folks will probably say magic and, and the younger crowd will probably uh, go the Kobe route. Yeah, I mean, like Kobe kind of I'm not going to say saved the NBA, but he he was the bridge to He's the bridge. There's yeah. a bridge to the LeBron era. Because everybody was looking for the next Mike, right? Like, okay, yeah. who's going to be the next Jordan? Who's, you know, and, and remember, it was Vince Carter at a point. And then people yeah, was. Tracy McGrady. And then it was, oh, maybe it's going to be Kobe. Like, everybody was trying to, like, who's going to be the next Jordan? And I think I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Kobe was sort of like that bridge. Because, um, I mean, there was kind of a downtime there in, in the NBA. Yeah. Kobe was kind of that bridge to LeBron and and then once that this new crop of superstar came in, um, I think the the NBA really really sort of elevated. Who who's one LeBron's gone? Who's the bridge then? Who do you think that guy will, will be right now yeah, as the current? A, that's a good question. It's it's I a mean, hard. That's a really hard question. I just there's a lot of guys out there right now, and that's that's sort of vying for the spot, right? Like who's going to be that next guy? Um, and you got you got some young dogs out there that are hungry right now. I mean, John Morant is uh, is hungry, you know. Um, Trey Young to a certain extent. Uh, I mean, that's that's a tough one. I mean, I I, I hesitate to say Ja, um, just because I think Giannis is probably there right now. Um, but I mean, he's you know obviously there's an age gap there, right? So um, yeah, and, and it's funny there. You know, I feel like. As much as I feel like, I mean, of course, Giannis is probably disrespected in this regard. Like, yeah. the guy's the best player in the league. Yeah. He's by far the best player in the league. And, you know, he's, he's like you said, he's young. He's only like 20, I think 28 years old now going into this season. And um, I mean, he doesn't, he, people still look at LeBron like, oh, this LeBron's world. You know, this is yeah. LeBron's NBA until who, I, I mean, I think you mentioned it. Yeah. Like, uh, I think John Moran or like Luka Doncic are like the two guys. Luka. Yeah. You know, that's another guy. I didn't even I, mention Luca. I'm, I'm rooting. For, I'm rooting for Devin. I'm rooting for Devin Booker to be that guy, but he, he kind of came short. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. It's funny. Like I like. I remember he was on that that Kentucky team, right? And, and yeah. And and all these other guys were getting all the attention, and and I just remember thinking at the time, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got the Harrison twin. I mean, those guys are good. Yeah, these guys are. That dude right there from Missouri, like Devin Booker, like he he's really the guy, and, and he got to the NBA and just kind of exploded. Absolute baller! I, lo- I love I love his game, and I really hope I really hope he's going to make that next leap this year because I I think he has two more levels to climb, and uh, I know he's about twenty five. I think he's like right there in that era. So I think, I think he has, like, has helped his career immensely, and, and so you think he's got two levels to go. I still think so. I still think so because I I say you know. The way his his game has evolved since he's just become, he's not just a scorer. Like I mean, when when Chris Paul went down last year, that team was, uh, they put Devin Booker for that team on his back, you know, and he really got them to another level. And I I think Devin Booker could get him get himself to like, be an MVP caliber player. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because a lot of people were making the argument that went because Chris Paul had he's dealing with some injury or whatever, and you know once he went down. Book was playing so well, you know, as you mentioned, and a lot, a lot of people are making the argument that, you know, once Chris Paul came back, he maybe, you know, kind of messed up that chemistry a little bit just because he's, he's so ball dominant, right? And, and Book was doing a lot of the ball handling and a lot of the facilitating in addition to scoring, right? And so, 
you know, a lot of people were, were, were saying that. Um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I still, I'm still trying to figure out what happened in that Dallas Maverick series. I'm still trying to figure that out. Like everybody else, I think, because uh, you. He, he, I mean, I mean so Dallas played great defense. I get hands, hands, hats off to them. Um, but it's just, it's uh, just strange. I, no words. So funny thing about so I I also do uh also do the the uh the games for the Sparks right and so um one of our players Christy Tolliver was a is a coach um with Jay Kidd in Dallas okay and so Spark season started and Tolliver's you know she's expected to be a big piece of the team and just waiting 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 because that who knew Dallas was going to get as far as they got right and so she couldn't come she couldn't report until their season ended and i mean of course nobody thought that that was going to happen that they were going to go as far um you know as they went no i i agree yeah no i mean good great job by jason kidd you know hands off there and that, that whole dallas team man they um brunson was awesome i hope he does well in new york um you know but god that luca went to a whole nother level their defense was fantastic um with bullock and Vinny smith those guys are awesome. They have a great, talented team there, and I hope they make an elite too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you had mentioned you know you're working for for the Sparks. You've been doing play by play for close to 17 years, man. How <laughs> uh, 17 years? I mean, that's you graduated 2005, so you 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 pretty much started doing play by play after you graduated from uh, yeah. Cal State Northridge. Uh, well, what is what was it like then, and how is it like now? It's it's crazy that I, I was looking at that the other day. Um, <laughs> it's crazy that it's been that long, right? Um, yeah, you're like you're like, man, I'm, I'm gonna be graduated wow. 20 years from college. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, so the thing about it is, I I kind of always wanted to do play by play, um, but so when I was in college, I didn't get to do a lot of stuff. Um, as it relates to my career going forward. I worked for the basketball team. I was a manager for the basketball team. And so that kept me immensely occupied, right? And so I, journalism was my major. I was able to take classes. We did shows and stuff, you know, on campus, whatever, just a part of like the regular curriculum. But there wasn't much outside of that that I could do. Um, and even in, in terms of getting an internship, like I, I wasn't able to get an internship until my last semester of college. Because I mean, you know how basketball works, right? Like it goes through both semesters, right? It goes yeah. through the fall and, and the spring and into the spring semester too, right? So by the time our season's done, it's kind of late to to kind of get on anywhere. And um and we didn't have like dude, like there's some great schools out there now, like I mean, look at Arizona State, they're piping out yeah. and right, right? When you, when you talk about play by play, Syracuse obviously is the name, Fordham obviously, you know, the pedigree speaks for itself. You know, Michigan State, Northwestern, you got all these great journalism schools out there. Um, but when you look at the play by play landscape, um, you know, ASU, Syracuse, Fordham, I mean, those are probably the top three right now, you know, in, in my estimation. Um, we didn't have anything like that, you know. So I was I was at CSUN and I actually went out to uh bought some cheap tickets to a clipper game, went up, you know, upstairs and had like a little tape recorder and just kind of called the nice. game into my tape recorder so I could give it to our coach trying to coax him into letting me, you know, like skip a game as a manager 
to get on the, the sideline to do like a radio call or something like that, right? And so I really didn't get a chance to really do much play by play until after I graduated from college. And so it was it was something I always wanted to do. And I felt like I could kind of do it like, you know, you're, you're at home as a kid and, and you're kind of calling the game with the TV down or you kind of have things going, you know, throughout your mind. But it wasn't until, you know, right after college that I actually put on the headset for the first time and kind of got into it. And so it was, uh, it was a bit of a learning curve. Um, oh, yeah. Just kind of, you know, it's it's one thing to see it done and, and to hear it and all that, but um, just to kind of put everything together. But I mean, just, I mean, once it happened, I mean, I, that, that first time, I mean, you're, 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 you're bit, dude. I mean, the bug just bites you and it's like, oh, I, like, I love this. <laughs> you oh, know? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> And I think was, I mean, it's been awesome, you know, I, I think it's the hardest form of sports media for as far as like you have to keep everyone entertained, you know, play by play. Like, you know, we have a lot of like you mentioned earlier, Chick Hearn. I mean, we had a lot of great, uh, you know, play by play announcers here in this uh, area. Yeah, no, I mean, John Ireland, who was, uh, you know, what is a, a great colleague, mentor of mine, um, he he says something, you know, growing up here in Southern California, you know, every night was like sportscasters camp, right? Because you had Chick on with the Lakers or Van on with the Dodgers or Bob Miller, um, you know, with the Kings or uh, Dick Enberg, which, you know, a little bit before my time, but, you know, he was doing UCLA games uh, and also Angels games as well. Um, Ralph Lawler with the Clippers. Uh, so, I mean, it, I mean, we, we had a great, we had a great, uh, just a, a, a litany of dudes that that we can listen to you know great examples of, of of what you know what it should be like and also the, the the other thing about that that i really appreciate now um even more so than i did then just because i didn't even know any better but the fact that those guys aren't homers they weren't homers you know um and and i can appreciate that i mean obviously you know chick wanted the lakers to win Vin wanted the dodgers to win and, and so so on and so forth but like they called it how it was, you know, and, and if, if the teams weren't playing well, you know, Chick, Chick, Chick would let you know, you know, like yeah, yeah, the yeah, Lakers yeah. are playing like crap right now, you know, and so I, I can appreciate that. And I mean, this is no knock on any other guys across the country, but I mean, you listen to, to, to other guys and it's like, you know, I mean, they're, I they, mean, they, they, have, like they have the blinders, the blinders yeah, on. I mean, like for real, for real. And so, you know, there, there's there's more than one way to call the game, of course, but I, I can really appreciate the fact that I mean, our guys for the most part were you know pretty down the middle. Yeah, yeah, no, being play like doing play by play is extremely uh, difficult, and and uh, like, what has that been like for you now after kind of learning starting out early in your career to now? I mean, because you're not only doing it for uh, Sportsnet USA, but now you're at the with the LX Sparks. I mean, you talk about a dream come true, right? I. So I, we used to spend many summers when they were, when they were at the farm, um, I had a buddy of mine lived in Inglewood and, and he would get free tickets from the Inglewood Y. And so we spent a lot of our summers at the farm going to Sparks games. Um, and so I was from day one, I was like a huge Sparks fan. Um, like I watched that first game. Like it was, it was the day after my eighth grade graduation. I remember watching that very first Sparks game on, on, on television. It was on NBC four at the time. And, um, you know, watching New York and LA go at it. And, and I remember, you know, getting my mom to buy me tickets to games and we went to go see, you know, Cynthia Cooper and, and a bunch of, I feel like we went to a bunch of, bunch of sparse games uh, just kind of growing up. And so um, 
over the years, kind of lost touch with them a little bit, um, especially after they moved over to Staples Center. Um, but to be able to to be able to get the call and to be able to do this, you know, in in, in my hometown and 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 a, in a, in a team that wears the purple and gold, and, and you talk about <laughs> just the history, the legacy of of the LA Sparks and in uh in women's professional basketball, uh, it's been, I mean, it's been awesome um, to have. Derek Fisher, who, you know, a hero, right? It, it, he, he was the one who hired me or he was a part of the hiring process uh, oh, wow. when, when I first got over there. Um, having an interview with D Fish, you know, and, and, and to, you know, get to know him. It, it, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been great, man. It's been a treat, man. Calling games inside, you know, what, what was Staples, now Crypto.com Arena. I mean, it, huh. that, it's like a pinch me moment every time I walk in there, dude, like seriously. Like pitch me that the uh, they changed the name from Staples Center to Crypto.com. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just>, <laughs> my, my my wife pleases my wife pleases me all the time. She says she she always like tries to catch me up, you know, and because I mean we it's Staples, right? We all want to yeah. call it Staples, right? And every now and then I'll say Staples, and she'll like she'll say what who wait where where like so she'll, she she tries to keep me honest with that. Um, and so far I've made. I think I made two mistakes. Once on KTLA, and I think another one during the Sparks game in in terms of actually calling it Staples. So I think I think I'm doing all right. I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> I, I think you're doing. I think you're doing fine, man. It is so hard to call it that. It, I mean, it's just everyone and their mom knows it as Staples Center, and it it will always be called Staples Center. Right? Like, I mean, for as long as I know it, like it just doesn't sit right with almost anybody. And I know it right but that's because like and I was having this conversation with someone who's not from here right and and this person was telling me like oh what are you, are you LA people are so emotional they're just changing the name of the building blah blah blah, blah. like but if you're from here you know like you get it you understand and, and I think even like I, I think it goes beyond that though like I think like true like like hoop heads like I think I, they feel that too, right? Like it's staples. Like, and you know what? I don't even want to say who pays. I think from an entertainment standpoint, yeah. right? Because Staples is is a sports and entertainment hub, right? Like, like I mean, Taylor, like Taylor Swift's got a, a banner <laughs> up it, in the rafters, you know? Like it's it, huge. It, it, it's it's crazy because not only not only just that, I mean, like, you know, you had the Clippers, Lakers, uh, Sparks, you had you know, the Kings playing there, the uh, LA Kings playing there, the, uh, you got, you got all them. And then, like I said, all the entertainment to go along with it. And, and, uh, I mean, it's in the heart of downtown LA. It's like, it, it's has all that. And, and I, I could, I could probably relate it to this. Like, you know, when they, they tore down Yankee stadium in 2008 to 2009, and they built a new Yankee stadium, which launched in the, the 2009 MLB season, uh, when they tore that down, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it kind of feels changing the name of Staples Center to crypto.com. That's yeah. probably it. I, I was there the last night of Staples Center and it was like, it was very weird, very, and I remember walking in there the first time as crypto.com arena. It was, very, it was, I mean, it's the same building, but it, it just, it, it was different. It, it was, it was a little eerie, but I mean, it's, you're talking about a hub though, like a, a sports and entertainment. They call it the sports and entertainment capital yeah. of the world, right? I mean, it's we were watching it. My wife and I were watching a concert on YouTube the other night, and like the place was packed, right? But like the artists were like, "We're rocking out the Staples Center, right?" And it's, <laughs> no, it's no, but you know, it, I, that's just what it is. Like it's Staples, 
you know, to everybody. I mean, and like, even like, I mean, like, you, I mean, you go on and on. Like, I mean, you talk about the sporting events, the, the, the concerts, the Grammys, heck, funerals, like memorial services, like, you know, Michael Jackson, Kobe, Nip, Nip, you know, Nipsey Hussle, like, you know, they all have their, their memorials there as well. Like it's, it's a, uh, I mean, it, it's a special, it's a special place for the city for sure. It, it has a ring to it too. Like, you know, your Staples Center, crypto.com arena. Doesn't, doesn't flow as smoothly. It, it doesn't I, flow I, smoothly. I can admit that. I can admit it. Just, it does not. just doesn't roll off the tongue as smooth. <laughs> it's, a, it's the house that Kobe built. I mean, that's how you can say it. Like, Absolutely. The house that Kobe built. And I think that's like kind of what I at least will know it as. Um, forever um uh what's called it? i mean like not not only you do play by play you do you're a sports reporter you're a writer um do i have this correct i mean so you uh, kcal 9 uh, ktla sportsnet usa la sparks fox sports west uh reporter writer uh play by play for all those is that your only five gigs <laughs> or jobs <laughs> am i am i missing any i don't say yeah, one in there there there's, there's probably some more stuff on there that i i, I may have left out throughout the years <laughs> a couple uh couple things here and there um uh so I mean, so no uh, that's not everything no absolutely <laughs> oh no i'm talking about like i'm talking about up until like the last like two years man like yeah yeah i mean up until yeah i mean it's you know, we just kind of run the gamut here. Um, I mean, it's it's been somewhat segmented, but I want to say like from 2020 on, it's been, it's, well, I mean, that's when I started at KTLA, August of 2020. So, um, and earlier that year is when I, I kind of ended my run at Fox Sports West, uh, then added the Sparks in 21, um, and then uh, added, I added the Sparks in 21, added the South Bay Lakers in 21 as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where we are right now. And, and you do realize that Fox Sports West, you, you missed your 10 year anniversary by one month. Did you, I mean, did you get, <laughs> did, you get to, did they give you any uh, grief for that? No, no, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, technically, like I was still on the roster past the 10 month um plateaus i mean i guess technically i did make the 10 months but like no, uh, 10 years i, I, I just are the, 10, are the 10 years <laughs> but i i put on the but my last event that i worked for them was i want to say it was a cif uh boys basketball championship game it was sierra canyon modern day at the pyramid i want to say that was like february yeah that was so that was right before um the world shut down, right? Like, like, yeah, yeah. like COVID was like kind of like a thing, um, but like we didn't really know like what was going on. Like we just heard about some something that was going on, you know, overseas. But I do remember that. I I, I remember. So after that game, the very next morning, I got on a plane and went to Vegas. And uh, my wife had already left. She was already out there. Um, she, her family was having like a little mini reunion or whatever, right? But I remember uh she specifically telling me wear a mask on the plane and she had a mask on the plane on she left the day before me she had a mask on and like a bunch of other people had mask on as well um and so i remember her telling me make sure you wear a mask on the plane so we had a mask on the plane we get there 
it was like the end of February. We came back. It was like, you know, March 3rd or something like that. And then two okay. weeks, two weeks later, um, March 18th was my last day working. Um, and then everything just shut down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like, I was, we left to on the, on like the uh, 10th to Portland, Oregon. We were there for five days. Um, my birthday is the 15th of March came back on that Monday. Uh, so we leave LA traffic, you know, up the wazoo, normal LA. We came back and LA was a complete ghost town. We were like, what? Nobody on the It weird, that, right? It was the weirdest thing ever. I, so like strange. A zombie apocalypse going on. Man. It, it was like, so weird. Yeah. It was, it was, I remember like a buddy, I was at work, a buddy of mine was telling me like, dude, like no one's on, like no one's on the freeways. Like it's weird. I was like, it's strange. Do you ever watch like those zombie movies? Like, uh, I don't know, like 28 days later or like, um, <laughs> you know, th th this stuff, but man, I swear, in the, in the, you know, when they record those, it's like, you know, no one's on the streets, nothing's going on. Yeah. I swear, man, it would have been the perfect time to record something like that. There, yeah. There, yeah. there was like nothing. There was no, there was no, what? there was no, not, it was very like on the 405. And it's eerie. It yeah, it was, it was very, it was very strange. Very strange. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, can you explain, can you explain, because I, I know, but like to people that are listening, like, like the detail that goes into being a sports reporter, a uh, writer and play by play. Can you go like how those kind of overlap, like in, in uh, all in one way or another? So I, I, I kind of look at it as, um, you're, you're telling you're a storyteller at the end of the day right and right. so there's there's just different ways to tell a story and so um when i was writing for foxsportswest.com i was a, a writer slash columnist um kind of a beat reporter kind of just did everything right and um you know obviously like you a bunch of words you can use you know to, to, to fill up the column right so you have you can go a little bit more into detail as a writer um, I think as a as a sports reporter, uh, you 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 basically pick out the biggest thing, right? Um, and, and you you got to be as concise as, as possible um, to be able to tell that story, right? Yeah. And then as a play by play announcer, it's the story of the game, right? Like you're 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 narrating this game that's happening in front of you, so to speak, right? But as you come into the game, there are a bunch of storylines, right? Maybe this player's headed towards an accolade. Um, maybe this team is in a must-win situation. Uh, you know, maybe this team is trying to end a losing streak or what have you, right? So there's all these different storylines that you kind of follow throughout the course of the game. And, and, and in that, um, you have all these characters, right? You know, the point guard is this person. The shooting guard is that person. The center on the other team you know, is is a heavyweight player for whatever reason, right? And so you you just try to tell the story as 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 best you can that way by, you know, emphasizing the characters, kind of blowing them up, making them larger than life, uh, and and following those storylines and then picking up new storylines that come along throughout the process of a game as well. And so um I think that part of it is unique. Going back to this whole sports reporter thing, um Typically, like if I'm out at an event covering a game, they're going to show the highlight before they come to me, right? So what can I add to that? What can I add right. to what, you know, was already said? And, 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 you know, is there something that was not said, you know, that probably needs to be mentioned, right? That, that I can talk about, you know, you know, if, if someone didn't see the game or maybe they did see the game, but I was privy 
to see something because I was there in the building that nobody else saw at home, right? Maybe yeah. that's your story, you know? Um, but you just try to tell that as as concise as possible. Um, but there's different ways to write it though, right? Writing for a column, much different than writing for broadcast television, um, you know? And, and, and when you're doing play-by-play, uh, it's just all happening in front of you, right? So it's just on the fly. Yeah, have you uh, gotten down like the teaser part, like where you have to tease uh, the audience? Uh, <laughs> how how has uh, that evolved over time? Yeah, so it's uh, it's interesting because it's it's been it's one of those things where like you know it can it's like a ten second thing, right? And so you can like totally overlook it, um, where you can try to play it up a little bit, right? And so I I typically like to leave the audience with something or like a question or whatever as i'm teasing something because they're going to want to they're going to want to know the answer to that question and then in my report i'll give the answer to that question i'm not and i know i know time i'm kind of old school in, in, in this thought um because nowadays it's like you go Everything to your phone everything's on twitter dude like you know what yeah. i mean like you're not really you're people at home that are watching i mean they're not you're not really telling anybody anything for the first time, you know, it's rare that that's happening. Right. And so, um, but I still like the element of surprise, right. Cause there could be that one person, right. That maybe they didn't uh. check their phone that day. Maybe they weren't on Twitter, you know, maybe they were, maybe they were away from Twitter because they were trying to, um, you know, keep themselves away from something else. Right. And, and so they didn't see anything at all, or they didn't see any, any scores or anything on ESPN.com or whatever. So like, always think about maybe that one person, you know, and, and so I try to set it up that way. Um, and I'm kind of old school in that, that approach, as opposed to like telling you what's happening in the tease. Cause that's not really a tease, right? Like if you're telling yeah. me what it is and like, why do I need to come back and watch at the end of this commercial, right? I can just turn it off. Um, so that's just kind of my, my thought, my philosophy. No, yeah, no, it's it's a great because I mean, right? Obviously, I like you, know, you hear a tease. Well, I'm just gonna go look this up anyway. And it's like, <laughs> or are you like already know? But sometimes, like you know, people are too exhausted. So I mean, teases are still like, especially if it's uh, a part of your work. You know, yeah. you're teasing it. So like that, there it goes hand in hand. I mean, and making good teases is very difficult. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I think it, it's a, it's it's weird because it, it it can be. I mean, it's like this ten second thing, right? So it can easily be overlooked, right? But I mean, if you put some thought into it, um, and try to you know put some creativity into it, and and how can you say this in this amount of time, right? You know, yeah. um, and 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 that's kind of where the challenge comes in. But can you make it? Can you make it entertaining and kind of leave people on the edge of their seats? and have them wondering why and want them to come and want them to want to come back at the end of the break on the other side of the break can you do all that in 10 seconds yeah because <laughs> it's we have a i mean with social media and like you said and everything else we have a short attention span i think yeah. you know because Obviously. we have everything at the our attention hands. spans have gotten tremendously short like i mean everything's like i know twitter's more than 140 characters now but i still i feel like we just live in this 140 character uh, you know, 30 second clip era, yeah. right? Where like, if it's longer than that, it's like our attention spans are like, oh, whoa, 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 what are we doing here? What is it? Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I agree. What is, sports minute, what is this one minute clip you're showing me here? This is. <laughs> yeah, no, sports media in general is, uh, it's changed a lot. Uh, like where, what, uh, where have you seen sports media? Be, be, like you mentioned that, that in that example, what other examples have you seen uh, sports media change over time? I mean, I think it's that, right? Like, I mean, I think like 
I mean, in my business in particular, like the 11 o'clock news, right? Like that used to be appointment television, right? Yeah, right. right? Like I, like Jim Hill is, is something like he, he, he's a mentor of mine and, and someone who, you know, I was fortunate enough to work under for years. And, um, before I worked with him, like I, I watched him on TV, you know? So it was like, okay, like what's Jim going to say, you know? Um, and so, I mean, there's still a, a part of that, but at the same time, it's like, you know, like these highlights, I can just watch them on, on my phone, you know, yeah. like I don't necessarily have to wait, you know, for Jim to give me the news. Um, and it's not just like the local stuff. It's the stuff from like, you know, maybe across the country or maybe a different part of the country, stuff that only the news could show you. Now, everything's on your phone, like the world's gotten smaller um, from that standpoint. Um, but I, I think, I think with that has come the, the fact that I think what we've learned is people will people will dvr everything yes but they yeah. won't dvr live sports yeah you want to watch the game live you want to oh. watch the game live unless they're geeks like me and you yeah yeah but i mean if you if you if you if you can right you're watching yeah. that game live right and so Absolutely. um and so i think that and that's where you've seen all of these leagues just grow from a financial standpoint right because that's the one thing that people are watching, like, and, and NFL is king right now, right? And and oh, you yeah. look at the primetime TV shows, like the NFL has, what, I, 25 <laughs> of the top 30 shows, you know, during fall primetime or NFL games or whatever, right? Something ridiculous like that, right? And so I think that that's one thing that, that you know, people are still watching live is, is sports. And, and I think that's why broadcast rights and, and things of that nature have kind of just gone through the roof now, because that's the one thing that people will watch. Yeah. Especially for the NFL. I mean, you see the, you see those announcers uh, or uh, broadcasters, you know, getting. The yeah. Like these certain, are getting yeah. paid now. Right. Like, I mean, you look yeah, at it, tossed out to like a Romo or Aikman or I mean, even I, Joe Buck. Right. Like, I mean, it's wild. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I like my, if I don't hear Al Michaels on NBC Sports, I'm like, oh, he's on Amazon. Okay, I gotta go get Amazon because I I love Al Michaels that much. Or or Joe Joe Buck and Aikman now are on Fox. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm I gotta go to ESPN now because yeah. believe me, for the life of me, there's no way I would go watch a Monday Night Football like because usually I don't know if the NFL does it on purpose, but they give Monday Night Football the, the worst, worst game, right? The worst game <laughs> I don't know, but now they can't do that with those two guys. Like those two yeah. guys are. I mean, you know, it's it's Buck. You, yeah, well, got... with, the, with the emergence of Sunday Night Football, it flipped. So Sunday Night Football became the game, and then yeah. Monday just kind of became like an afterthought. But now, with the amount of money that ESPN has kind of put in, like you kind of can't shortchange them, you know. So um, hopefully for those guys, you know, they get some some interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree exactly. Yeah, um, I I mean, I can't wait for the football season. I mean, let's, let's start there. Like, uh, what do you have, what expectations, uh, let's shift into the NFL. What expectations do you have for the, uh, LA Rams or for the LA chargers? Who do you think uh, is going to go farther? I think the Rams Okay. Uh, of the LA teams. I think the Rams, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just can't, I just can't get down with the chargers until mm -hmm. I, until I see it. Right. Like, because every time I pick them, they just disappoint, right? And last year yeah. was a prime example, right? Like, there's no reason why that shouldn't have been a playoff team the year before that as well. Like, it just seems like that's the yeah. story every single year. And now you got 
you know, one of, you got a top five quarterback in the league right now, and and you got a defensive, you got a a head coach who was a defensive coordinator in Brandon Staley. So you would imagine that side of the ball would be better, and and it hasn't. And I, and I know they they picked up some pieces and they got some better players on that side. Um, and so now like there's really no excuse, right? But you look at that division and like every week in that division is going to be a heavyweight fight, right? I mean, I oh, think yeah. a lot of people are are overlooking Vegas. Um, my, my little brother's a, a big time Raider fan. And so he reminds me all the time, like, dude, Vegas. And, and you look at you look at that roster, especially offensively, um, you know, Carr's got some weapons to play with. I mean, oh, he, yeah. and he, I mean, he already did, but then you add a guy like Devonte Adams and that's, that's just incredible. Right. And you look at, I'm not, I don't believe the chiefs are going to take this huge step back. Like everybody else believes they are. And then when you Broncos, I mean, you, you got a, you got a champion in Russell, Russell Wilson, you know, at, at quarterback there. So coming in a defense that was pretty good last year. So, um, We'll see, man. But I think the Ram- the two LA teams, I-, I I like the Rams going further. I think it's their division, really. Uh, I mean, I think the 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 NFC West, which was probably the toughest division in all of football over the yeah. course of the last I don't know four years or so. I think they've taken a step back. Seattle was kind of in that middle area in which they're like trying to compete but trying to go young at the same time. So at what point of the season will they just be like, all right, enough with this? Um, you got the the Cardinals and I mean, they're normally fast starters, but like slow finishers. So if, is that trend going to continue under Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, you got the Niners with an unproven quarterback and Trey Lance. Apparently he's got all the skills in the world, but we haven't seen it yet. Right. And so, but they have a, an extremely talented roster in San yeah. Francisco. But as of right now, I, I just, I think it's the Rams division to lose and, and they're going to get everybody's best punch. So that that's the, that's the wild card, right? Like, will they have enough steam to be able to, to, to wear that target on their back for the duration of, of the entire season? Yeah, and they they got the other guy, Sean McVay. I mean, Sean McVay, yeah. one of the best offensive, if not the best offensive line, the head coach in the NFL, and then, you know, and everyone said, man, I, I swear, I've talked to everyone about the Chargers, and they've all said, you know, I can't put my hat in the ring with them just yet. I got to see it. Got to see it. I, I think this is I, I I think Justin Herbert's the guy and I, like you said they should have made the playoffs last year it was yeah hundred percent like a hundred percent hey tie the game we both go to the playoffs you know we'll see we'll meet you guys there whatever I mean there yeah. there there's a lot of games that they tricked throughout the course of the season with even with that defense as bad as it was last year that would have made them a playoff team the one thing about the Rams though and and this is something that um you know they're trying to 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 not talk about as much or something that's not being discussed as much. And that's Stafford's elbow. That, that is yeah. a huge concern for me. If, if, and, and they don't have a backup. They don't really, they did They didn't, I'll just say it like this. They didn't invest in a backup quarterback. Right. And so, and even John Wolford, who's the backup right now, even he's got an issue right now uh, from an injury standpoint. And so, um, but still, if something goes wrong with Stafford, um, then obviously they're in a world of trouble. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Stafford, uh, I mean, he took a beating last year. Like, he was – and I, I give him a lot of credit. I got, he's a tough, he's a tough he, guy. He proved a lot of doubt. And, look, I was the first one to say, look, I, I haven't seen it. You know, like, I, I doubted the move. Um, And so – but, I mean, he he proved it last year. So, I, I got – I got nothing. You won't hear a negative thing <laughs> from me about Matthew Stafford when you talk about toughness and, and his ability to, to win and, and things of that nature. Um, But that elbow is – 
that's a scary thing, man. I, I don't, especially you're, you're throwing elbow um, and, and they, you know, they've kind of walked it back, but McVeigh's kind of initial thoughts was, you know, initial comments about that was, you know, something similar to a baseball pitcher. I mean, you start saying stuff like that. That's like scary stuff, dude. So yeah, you start thinking Tommy John when you absolutely. start hearing that from yeah, a baseball pitcher. It's, it's uh, that's scary stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's shift uh, from the NFL. Let's go to, uh, let's, I'll save your Lakers for last. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Let's go talk real quick about the Dodgers. I don't want to talk about the Angels because Artie Moreno just sell the team. Uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, I I love, I love, I love uh, those players on the Angels. Artie Moreno just sell the team. Do you think the Dodgers are going to break the Mariners' record at 116 wins? I mean, the way they're rolling right now, I mean, it's hard to say no, right? I, I yeah. mean, the only hiccup here is Gonsolin just went on the I.L., but then you get Kershaw back, right? Yeah. Um, this this is what I'll say about the Dodgers. I Look, I mean, they could break it, and that that would be good. That would be great for them. But um, I don't know that it matters. What matters, obviously, is October. Yeah. And I'm just – I'm not convinced they have enough. Like this is a really great and possibly could be a historical regular season they're having. But come October, I don't know that they have enough to get it done in October. And that would be a shame because this team has had such a tremendous season. But, and when I say don't have enough, I mean, from a pitching standpoint, I'm not sure they got enough arms to be able to get it done. You know, the Walker Bueller thing was huge. Um, You know, Kershaw's, kind of been back and forth off the IL and now Gonsolin goes down and, and the Gonsolin thing is is alarming and eye-opening especially when you consider the timing of it here we are oh, yeah late August early September and and it, it only leads you to think like okay well he hasn't thrown this much in his career and so at at what point and you hope this does not happen but like you know, it's natural for some sort of arm fatigue or whatnot to to kind of settle in. Um, you know, he's he's working, he's laboring a lot more than than he's ever had um, as a major league pitcher. Um, but you know, you look at Gonsolin, you look at Tyler Anderson, and where would this team be without those two arms? And we, I don't know that for for Gonsolin for sure, we haven't seen him do it in the postseason, right? We've seen him get roughed up. For right. Anderson, he hasn't been here. His his prior postseason experience has been about a, like two appearances and kind of a mixed bag there. Um, Dustin May, we've seen what he can do in the postseason, but for him to just be coming back and then to to take on that stress on that arm, just coming off of TJ surgery uh, in, in meaningful October innings, how much are they willing to stretch him from that standpoint? And so um, I just don't, I just don't know. I just don't know if, if they have enough arms to be able to get it done. And then, you know, even if the starting pitching is good enough, what about the bullpen, right? It, it, it seems like Kimbrell, I mean, just yesterday, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Roberts was like, nah, dude, you know, Kimbrell, you, you're not going to finish this. Um, and so like how, like how much trust is that? Remember, this isn't Kinley, right? Like, like Roberts had, Kinley had some rope because there was a, a relationship there, right? And so maybe Roberts would have been a little bit more willing to allow Kinley to go out there and just sort of work through some things, this, that, or the other. There's no relationship there with, with Dave Roberts, 
the Dodgers manager and and Craig Kimball, right? This is first year with the team, right? So yeah. any chemistry that they have, any relationship there that they have, I mean, that's pretty much just being sort of built throughout the course of this season. And so um, if you don't have somebody that can close and shut things down in the back end, then, um, you know, it's, it's totally different. And look, they're similar pitchers, right? Like Kinley was going to come in and, you know, he's going to make things interesting, right? But there was a trust factor that Dave had with Kinley because, all right, I've seen him do this before. I've seen him kind of get out of some things. It's all right. I'll ride with him a little bit more, right? That same trust isn't there with Kimbrell. So if Kimbrell comes in and makes it interesting, like he has been doing, <laughs> Dave's going to be quick to pull the plug. And so, you know, you're you're going to have to have, you know, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have a serious game plan. There's going to have to be some serious massaging and manipulating of that bullpen uh, for the Dodgers, in addition to you know whatever lack of experience is there with those starting pitchers. So I, I got a lot. There's a lot more questions than answers for me about the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think the one the one thing the anchor for that uh, starting rotation is going to be Julio Urias. Uh, having he's been Urias great this month, right? I mean, he's he's, I mean, he's really picked it up here in August. Yeah, yeah, no, he he's been he's been lights out, and he's been really there by far the most dependable guy who kind of uh, flamed out at the, in the postseason last year. Right. So, right. So, and, and that brings me back to what kind of what I was saying, right? Like he, yeah. he, he sort of flamed out, right? Like was that fatigue on his part, right? Like has he built, built up enough endurance to be able to be the same guy in October that we're seeing here sort of the late part of, of August. Remember when they won in 2020, Orius, who in my opinion should have been the World Series MVP, and no knock on, on on Seager, but I really think Orius should have been the World Series MVP uh, in 2020. But remember, it was him coming out of the bullpen, and yeah, I think that was right. huge for the Dodgers. And 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 so him now being a part of that starting rotation, I mean I, that that obviously you know changes changes things. Yeah, and that, that's where I think Dustin May gets pu pu uh, pushed into the bullpen. I think, you he's, think he he'll takes be the there. Julio role. I, I think he takes the Julio role, and I think uh, Blake Trident will be back. And but you can't expect a lot from him. The guy's missed uh, pretty much the whole season. A lot of time. Yeah, yeah, he's missed a ton of time. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, you know, you better hope you have a decent Kershaw because in a a healthy Gonsolin because outside of those guys, I mean, you can't trust Andrew Haney. You can't trust uh, Tyler Anderson. I mean, they've pitched fantastic for the Dodgers this year. And maybe I'm going to eat those words. Uh, who knows? But. Yeah, the Dodgers, uh, I, I think, like you said, it's World Series or bust for them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you put together a season like this, I mean, it's like, I mean, and but that, but baseball is so hard, though. I mean, it, yeah. and it's so tough to, it's so, it's so tough to predict from that standpoint where it's like, okay, like this has been the best team in baseball pretty much all season long, hands down. But, you know, like teams get hot, you know, like we saw the Nationals, you know, in 2019, like they were awful like the first and then they just yeah. got hot we've seen teams just get hot and and then like also, the braves the braves yeah like year. the braves last year right and and but also adding to that i mean you you look at the postseason schedule as well like that stuff has to line up for you um as well like i mean you can't have you can't have too many days off in baseball it's just one of those weird sports like that um so it, it's yeah. it'll it'll be a lot of things got to fall in place for you to win a world series it, it's going to be in this this uh Postseason is even going to be loaded in the NL. I mean, you have the oh you, have the, you have the Mets, Dodgers, the Padres. Who are, I mean, if the Padres do make it, because I mean they would have to fall apart completely. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah, right. The Cardinals, who have been absolutely red hot, the scorching hot, like they finished the year last year. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a really loaded. I mean, you have the Phillies and the Braves, so I can't, I can't forget the World Champions, right? Uh, so you have all those teams who are just you know itching and have really great rosters that are going to be in there. So I guess but we'll they see. They also there. have really good pitching. Yes, if arms win in October. Yeah, so arms and you, you need yeah. you need some guys to play out you need to pitch out of their mind or to to be you know their 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 normal lights out self and so that's that's a huge ask no ab- absolutely um and yeah man let's shift uh from mlb let's uh let's go to basketball nba let's talk about we'll, we'll save the lakers for last let's let's go clippers uh clippers uh a lot of expectations this year um they they're supposed to have you know Kawhi back healthy Kawhi. uh Paul George, hopefully he's healthy and, you know, a deep roster. What are your expectations for those Clippers? I mean, you're talking about maybe the most talented roster in the association, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you and, – and just to give you an idea, um, like people can't scoff at this John Wall signing, right? Like I, that dude can still go. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that. But you look at – who he's competing with and against, right? Reggie Jackson. And you can make the argument that Reggie Jackson has been the most important player on this Clipper team over the course of the last two seasons or so. Um, Absolutely, yeah. You know, he's been incredible. Like, this is a guy who went from out of the rotation to um, we can't, we can't sit him like he he's a big big shot maker big shot taker right which kind of gave him they which they, they they brought him back last season you know for for that reason and so um i mean look you you look up and down the line and they and, and the 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 moves they made at last year's trade deadline to set up the roster that we're going to see this season right like people were kind of like oh you know like like those were those are good moves for last year. Don't get me wrong, but like that was a setup for this season, yeah. right? You talk about a Norman Powell, you talk about a Rocco, Robert Covington. Um, you like you can't have enough long athletic wings uh, who can shoot, right? And so yeah. they got all that, and then you add Kawhi Leonard, who you know when he's healthy, he's a top five guy in this league. Paul George, when he's healthy, you know he's he's in that top ten, top fifteen conversation, right? Um, so you're talking about probably the most talented roster in the NBA and, you know, barring the unforeseen, I mean, it, it, it sort of has to be their year. Now, now I say that with an asterisk from the simple fact that um, a lot of people are sleeping on Golden State for whatever reason, they're defending champions. I don't think you can just snooze at them. I think they showed last year that like they're back so to speak it's like the versions two point it's like the warriors 2.0 right like i i, I didn't realize i didn't realize any anyone was sleeping on golden state yeah no p- yeah people like because because there's because there's a lot of attention being thrown at the clippers you know and, uh, and so and, and as a result you know people were kind of kind of sleeping on golden state and so I, I think you can never underestimate um you know what what they've done that championship pedigree that's there and those guys are still there and 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 i expect clay to be even better you know coming off that that injury that that left him out for two seasons i mean that's a lot to kind of come back from right and so now yeah. sort of a season under his belt like I, I i expect him to be back and better and and more comfortable um as well but i, I think the clippers are 
I mean, they 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 got they got to be the favorites, you know, at or near the top, you know, in in terms of um winning the championship, and that's huge expectations yeah. in Clipperland, right? Like, can can they rise to that? I think that that'll be interesting. And I know Kawhi's back, um, but how much are we gonna see of Kawhi, right? I think that's another well, that's a big thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's not only uh, it's probably the biggest thing. I mean, I'm sorry, Kawhi has been healthy in um, how many years? I mean, he like. He he breaks down all the time. I mean, it was he broke down in the playoffs for the Clippers once already, and or wait, yeah, once and you know, I I just uh, it's gonna be there's so many question marks with him, Paul George. I mean, he's he's had a lot of injury history. Too. Yeah, but not not only that, like I think Kawhi is very calculated, and when it comes to like his rehab and his buildup, um, and so, uh, I you know I, I think there's going to be a progression. You know, when you look at, you know, even from games played, like from minutes played to games played or, you know, how much rest in between, how many rest days are they going to incorporate in there? Um, so yeah. I think that's going to be that's 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 going to be an interesting thing that that has and really that hasn't really been discussed yet. No, yeah, I completely agree. I think the uh, I think the Clippers, uh, you know, as much as uh, people are going for them, obviously, like we know what it is. It, it looks like when a team actually needs to be healthy. And I think they're definitely going to be sitting a lot of the time for, for those two big guys or for their two big stars there. Um, and then uh, let's lastly, let's talk about uh, the Los Angeles Lakers who uh, as of last week traded for Patrick Beverly. And then um, you could describe what Jeannie Buss came out and said today. I'll let you, I'll let you do that. <laughs> you know what she, what she said about, uh, what she said about, about Russ. Yes, he was their best player last year. Yeah, look, look, I, <laughs> I think she she kind of walked it back. I think she, she walked it back and said like most consistent, but like, well, look, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm not that far off from Jeannie, just from the simple fact that, and I've I've said this, Russ is an easy target, and he he becomes an easy target because of his style of play, because of um his boldness maybe even the way that you know he he goes about his business in the media right like he becomes a bold target because of all that um but on top of that i think he becomes an easy target for the simple fact that of all the lakers last season we saw him the most right because he was in the lineup every night and something that gets lost in this, you know, where people try to like disparage him or call him out of his name and 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 all and things of that nature is the fact that by being in the lineup every single night, um nightly his role changed, right? So like one night he could be playing with no AD, no LeBron. Another night it could be him and Bron. Another night it could be him and AD. Um, right. And so each night his role sort of changes from that standpoint. And so you come into a season thinking that you're going to be expected to do one thing and then ends up being every single night you're asked to do something different. And so I think but because he was out there every single night, people got to see him play the most. And so it was like, oh, Russ is killing the team. That's that or the other, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so I I just don't necessarily, you know, subscribe to that theory. I, I think also like I'm I'm kind of in the minority on this from the simple fact that people have already written this off in terms of like these guys not being able to play together. 
Um, they played 21, 22 games together last season. Uh, AD, Bron, and Russ, right? So that's that's a quarter of a season, right? Essentially, right? And so I don't know if that's a large enough sample size to say that they can't. Now, does history tell us that they probably can't play together, right? That that Russ and LeBron probably can't um, be on the same team? Probably, right? You look at their, their styles of play. Uh, you look at the fact that Russ has always been ball dominant. LeBron is always sort of being ball dominant. LeBron needs to play with shooters. Russ isn't necessarily a shooter. So all those things kind of can kind of tell you that. Um, but I think, um, you know, the the case could have been made for LeBron and D-Wade, and somehow they were able to work that out, right? What Down in Miami. And I'm not saying this is the same thing, but I, I think with with the right with the right plan, <laughs> um which darvin ham apparently says that he has um then i mean who knows the fact of the matter is we never got to see any side of any sort of plan uh be executed now you can make the argument that the acquisition of Russ probably shouldn't have happened in the first place so that was probably the first mistake right and so you go from there and now you're in a situation where you sort of have to make it work and either you make it work with the group intact as it is or you try to get rid of russ but what are you going to get back in return or right? give up and what like what are the suitors right and what are you going to give up and you look at those picks that people want you look at the 27 pick the 29 pick um for the year 27 year 29 those first round picks um you're looking at a time where the lakers are probably going to be in rebuild mode right so those picks are going to be pretty important um and so i can kind of see why rob doesn't necessarily want to give up on those um you look at lebron he's up at the end of the 24 25 season ad comes up at the end of that same season as well so you know what if one or both of them bounce then what you got to start from scratch and then you don't have any picks um so they're they're in a tough situation here yeah no and you made great points like i mean obviously they have a very difficult situation with russell westbrook i mean you got to go into the season with them you uh, unless some unless a team like the pacers is like hey we okay we'll we'll eat we'll take his contract but we want one of your picks and we'll give you buddy healed and uh but i think it was a uh, turner him, him and turner you're right right and which i mean if the lakers could get that Oh my God, it'd be a, a godsend for them because that would be that would actually make them a very competitive team um, to do that. But like with with that, I'm sorry, I, I just I I don't see it. I don't see it working. The West is completely loaded. I don't. I, I they have the he's still he's still I think the second best player in the league, LeBron. Um, they have LeBron. I don't know what's wrong with Davis. I maybe he put on too much muscle last year. I don't know what it is like. He looks like stiff out there. I, I just he doesn't move the same way. He doesn't have that same jumper as he did in the twenty twenty finals. I unless yeah, I mean it, it looks like there's there's been a regression of sorts and like is that like it like like what's the result what what's the cause of that right and obviously the injuries have sort of mounted up. Um, but the other thing about LeBron and this is something that people don't talk about like he has not been healthy since he's been here. And 
I mean, Father Time is undefeated. We, oh, yeah. we we know that, right? Like, I mean, we watched Kobe go through it, right? And this is Kobe Bryant who was able to play through everything, right? There were just some debilitating injuries that he just could not play through, you know, after he got to a certain point in his career. And so um, LeBron has missed a lot of action during his time as a Laker. And so that that's something that people don't talk about a lot. And, you know, where he is in the ranking of players, whether he's still top two, top five, this, that, or the other, um, I mean, obviously he can still play. I mean, he put up MVP type numbers last season, but when he was on the how board. much was he out there last season, right? I mean, so like these are all things that that people don't necessarily um, discuss. I mean, when, when you got him missing a bunch of time, you got AD missing a bunch of time. I mean, you're it doesn't bode well for you if your stars aren't out there on the floor, and, and that's something that has sort of um, been a, a thorn in the side for the Lakers over the last you know, a couple of years or so, in, in addition to just some of the, the mismanagement, quite frankly, from from a roster composition standpoint, you know, like you had a formula that worked um, in 2020. Uh, and then, you know, you come back and, you know, over the course of the 2020, 2021 season, when they got bounced by Phoenix in the first round, um, I, I mean, I, I, Anthony Davis is healthy. You're talking about a team that had an opportunity to, you know, compete to probably repeat. I mean, that like that team was so good. That oh, yeah. 20, that 2020, 21 season, like that team was ridiculously good. Like they like I remember being out there at games sometimes and and this was when like this when fans weren't even allowed, right? Like it was just eerie inside staple or inside crypto. Well, it was staples at the time. Um and but I mean, this team, I mean, they would just kind of just roll the balls out and they'd be down, you know, by 15, 20, all of a sudden you blink, you look up, they're back up by 20, 25. It's like, like, whoa, like they would just turn on the defensive switch like that. And they were like that team, I, that team had, uh, it had championship pedigree. It was a lot of guys that were back from that championship team. Um, and they know it like that. They played like a championship team throughout the course of the regular season. Of course, you know, AD goes down and then that there, there goes your season. So um, and so to break that up and then put together whatever that was last season, I mean, I, I think the the yeah. front office did, did, did just well, kind of sort of did a disservice. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think LeBron and Anthony Davis are to blame, too. I think they pushed for that trade. I think they pushed for the rush trade. They're like, you know, obviously it's the front office's decision, but, you know, when LeBron's pushing for it, I mean, I, some fault has to go back on them for that, too. And I mean, I mean, for the I, the guy I felt for the most last year was Frank Vogel. I mean, he lost his job for because, you know, he had to play he had to play uh, Russell Westbrook, and you know they brought Westbrook in to help. Yeah, but it wasn't just Westbrook. Westbrook. It wasn't just Westbrook oh, though. Like, oh no, no, no. the like, danger but no, it was the entire roster though, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get rid of guys that were like Caldwell key Pope. contributors. Yeah. They were they could shoot, they could defend, like right, so. I guess the issue was like shooting, right? And so, but you still had guys that could defend, right? So you go the complete opposite. Let's just bring in a bunch of shooters, but they can't guard anybody. Okay. <laughs> and so you do that last season and it's like, all right. And they started out the season, they were able to shoot the ball pretty well, but then they couldn't, like they couldn't, they couldn't guard a, a, a statue. Like, yeah. Or, or chemistry was the big, the other big issue, right? Chemistry. Yeah, because guys are in and out of the lineup, right? So there's, yeah. there's just no way you can build chemistry from that standpoint. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I mean, the way that, the way that team was able to win that championship, right? Like it was, it was defense, right? Yeah. It, it was getting up and down the floor and, 
um, you know, to kind of go away from that, um, that like, that's just, the, that's the part that I just don't understand. And then you add in the Westbrook trade and all that or whatever, but like, I mean, you're talking about like KCP and Kuzma, like, like legit role players, like not bringing back Caruso, like, yeah. like legit role players that, you know, were key contributors on a championship team. I mean, that's just kind of, that's, that's tough, man. Yeah, no, it was a, it's a difficult you know, situation to kind of, to see and go away from because, you know, they, they did so, they did so many moves that they thought, you know, they overthought their hand. It was like, Hey, let's bring back this guy who has been really great for us in Crusoe. And, uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan, he was said to want to go there. So I, I don't know if the, that was the case or not. Uh, he could have obviously been there with the money that. Yeah. I mean, that, that I don't know that that had much less because it, it was, I mean, it was either a sign and trade, which the Spurs weren't going to do business. Pop wasn't doing business with the Lakers. We all right. know that. Yeah. Or he's going to come on, you know, a minimum type thing. And, and Demar wasn't doing that. I mean, he's still right. he's still young enough where there's money out there for him. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he got paid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it's, I guess it's all to be done because I I think Westbrook is at least there halfway through because you know they they trade. I I think he probably possibly will be traded at some time during the year um i guess that will be looked at but i think so i do think so yeah i i'm sorry i don't i'm not i think russell westbrook is the root of that problem there i mean i i just don't really? see him i just don't see him as wow. as a third guy there i i think if russell westbrook is bought out by a team i do not think another team will pick him up i i think russell westbrook is i mean you saw you saw him the, the you know his his agent and him you know they they parted ways because westbrook is He's very stubborn in his own way. He's very stubborn, and I think he thinks that he's still this this guy that you know was you know able to score at will, and and he, he sometimes can. He's still one of the fastest and you know talented players at that, but he cannot shoot. He's a terrible shooter, and he yeah. No, I I think there's I think there's something to that. I think you know his perception versus what the league thinks about him. I think those are kind of off. Um, I mean, I, I like, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Like he, like, he did not have a good season last year. Like I'm, I'm not saying that by, any oh, no, no, no. No, I'm, not saying you I'm just that, saying that yeah. I, I'm just, I, my whole thing is just that he's an easy target to blame for the Lakers woes for the simple fact that he was out there every night, you know, yeah. like, like he didn't necessarily play well, but he was there every night. And because he was there every night, we got to see him the most. And so as a result, you know, he, he's the one that got picked on the most, for lack of a better word, by the media, by fans. Um, it's really, I mean, it's, it's tragic. It's, it's kind of a heartbreaking story. You know, like the kids, like the hometown kid losing your high school, UCLA, went to a Final Four, comes yeah. back home, and now he's not even welcome in his hometown. You know, like <laughs> it's really, it's it's kind of it's, tragic. Um, it's it's brutal, man. LA's a brutal town to play for. And who knew, right? I mean, yeah. you know, we get a, we, we, we don't really get labeled as that, but I mean, LA can, Laker fans can be kind of brutal. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, they are, man. Laker fans are there. I mean, you can put them on the same level as uh, Yankees fans, <laughs> Dude, right? You can put them on the same level as Yankees fans because, I mean, <laughs> There, there's two things LA loves. It's Dodgers and Clip Lakers, and everything else doesn't matter. All the other sports teams, they're secondary compared to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's crazy, man. Um, yeah, I know, I, I know, you got to get going, man. I know uh, it's family time. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say that you haven't already said? 
No, man, I just appreciate you for having me, Brian. I mean, I, I, uh, it's, it's, we were talking, you know, before we started a little bit, um, you know, it's just been, it's, it's a, it's a tremendous, uh, it's a tremendous ride, man. I consider myself, you know, incredibly blessed, um, you know, to be able to do this, uh, and, and to be able to do it here in my hometown. And, you know, you, you kind of talked about it a little bit, just kind of the journey. Uh, it's been, um, it's it's been it's been very interesting. It's been a very interesting journey. Um, but but uh, you know this this opportunity that I have in front of me, <clears throat> nothing that I take for granted, man. And so I just just um, just thank God for you know just the the platform and just being able to do this. And um, yeah, I mean for you know anybody out there, man, just you know don't give up on your dreams. You know just keep going. There's a lot of people going to tell you no or you can't do this or you can't do that. But, you know, I'm a living witness that, you know, you, you believe in yourself, you know, and, you know, you can kind of, you know, accomplish some things. So just, just go for it. Yeah, man. I mean, sure. You almost have 20 years of experience in the industry, man. And that's uh, nothing to laugh about because it is a tough industry to get into. It's a tough industry to thrive in. So, you know, for doing, for being everywhere that you've been, uh, you're obviously doing something right. No, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. I hope you guys all enjoyed that interview with Rashawn. This was a long one. I really had fun talking with him. Uh, just so many different stories uh, with, with him. He has a lot of years of experience in sports and uh, we love talking to LA sports as well. You guys all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Please do not forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your fellow sports fans. Please leave me a rating and review. That's how I help. That's how the show grows. And I hope you guys all have a great day. Leave everyone better than you found them.